and welcome back to another episode of the Digital Electronic Worldpoint Report. In this episode, I'm going to speak specifically of what it means to have the appropriate manners when going into a neighborhood which you are not necessarily from. Now, you may be confused. Why is it important to listen to an episode dedicated to this? Well, oftentimes we travel perhaps just for a day to a park or to a game because we have a loved one who has a competitive match or a soccer game or a football game that requires at least 90 minutes if not more, of competition, which means that we have to travel perhaps even an hour or two hours to get to that location. But suffice to say, we have to have manners. Yes, as in the movie where even the person is told, manners, babe, manners. We must know the proper etiquette. So it is important that we pay attention to what are the appropriate standards of neighborhood guidance. Now, every field has its rules, and you should look around when you arrive. What are the rules? Where does one park a car? Where does one lock a bicycle? So on and so forth. Is food allowed? Is it not? What are the noise requirements? Can I use my vuvuzela? Oh my goodness, am I allowed to even use a cowbell? No, this is true. In some places it is allowed, in others it is not. So do be careful because you don't want to be surprised by a ticket. And no, people in not all neighborhoods are going to walk up to you and say, do put that whistle away. Because in some neighborhoods, you may just get a ticket in the mail. They will know by the license plate on your car where to find you. Or even by the fact that you're organizing party paid for a permit for the event, and it will then find you that way. Because they're not going to want to disturb you while you are delighting in the event. Now, of course, every neighborhood, every city really does want to have people enjoy themselves at these festivities. But do not take advantage of what the municipalities or the jurisdictions really have made available, such as lovely fields and lovely lakes, and in some instances, lovely baseball diamonds. So do pay attention to the rules. This does include noise ordinances, which do clearly state when noise is allowed. Because after all, there are specific hours when people do tolerate noise. After all, when you do arrive, 
for the festivities, be it a party, or be it a game, or be it a simple gathering. You are there for those moments of celebration. But there are people around the area that are there for a much longer sustainment of time. As such, do know that the upkeep of the area is understood. And this is why rules are necessary. You do play an important part of keeping the area, how shall I say, neighborly. This is why parks are critical and important to every community. So in the rest of this episode, I shall detail why it is essential that you shouldn't think of this episode as frivolous. Oh, because this was not the entirety of the episode. This was simply the introduction. Because yes, celebrations are celebratory. But let's not... ruin the celebratory nature of what these beautiful green areas are meant for, particularly since so many municipalities, jurisdictions, and the like have gone through so much effort to maintain them so that everyone can delight. I shall return in a moment for the next segment. And this is your hostess, Margarita, with the Digital Electronic World Point Report. And welcome back to the second segment in this episode, which specifically discusses how to be appropriate when you visit parks and recreation locations that may not be in your specific neighborhood. Why it's so appropriate to know the rules and regulations of other locations, because especially if you have recreation centers where you live, the rules may actually be different than where you reside when you go to another location. And so you must actually pay attention to what the rules are. There may even be noise ordinances and the hours of noise specification may be different. But let me specifically draw your attention to statistical analysis that I did for two days and why it drew my attention as a neighborly neighbor. But I even had to write a letter to our mayor. I know, I don't usually speak of these details so, uh, how shall I say, minutely. I usually generalize and I give you a specific
guideline that would be so broad and some of you might even think it's a little obtuse because I give the generality, I give the law as it was in the 1900s and I even give the addendum to the law and so on and so forth and so many of you even think, well, why is it even necessary to know it so broadly? Why not just speak to the specificity of the situation? Well, here's a good example. Sometimes people don't pay attention to how loud their celebrations may or may not be. And whether or not a person pays attention to the effects of that on the surrounding areas really does call to attention, call to question, why people start to wonder, why do these memorandums of understanding become such? And... No, it doesn't mean that neighbors don't want these parks, shared spaces to really exist. Of course, people want to see community members happy and enjoying these large spaces, but they need to be treated respectfully so that everyone can really participate. And yes, on any given Saturday and any given Sunday, these should be fruitful places to enjoy, but they shouldn't be as follows. And I'll give you an example. I'll just give you one day because if I really broke it down for you as the two days, it would seem overwhelming. One day, here's a statistical analysis. The raw data shows the following. Time. 9-11 p.m. Day 617. All of these, by the way, are going to be on 617-2023. There were two loud noises heard. At 9.17 p.m., one loud noise heard. 9.38 p.m., two loud noises heard. 9.46 p.m., two loud sounds heard. 10.02 p.m., one loud sound heard. 10.28 p.m., one loud sound heard. 10.30 p.m., one loud noise heard. 10.46 p.m., one loud noise heard. 10 Another loud noise heard soon thereafter, 10.46. 11.09 p.m., one loud noise heard. 11.10 p.m., one loud noise heard. 10.39 a.m. the next day, I'm going to indulge you on another day so that you could see the impact of a person who lives near these large spaces. Yes, I said 10.39 a.m., so it had not even been an entire 24 hours, and loud noises already being heard again. I say again, 10.39 a.m., by now the day is 6.18, 2023. 
Now, I'm going to remind you, this is not some faraway land. This is the United States of America. And this is not a military engagement. This is peaceful times in the United States of America. One medium noise heard. Now, this is not a person ordering a hamburger or a pizza. 10.39 a.m. Also, one loud blast heard. 10.48 a.m. One loud blast heard. 10.50 a.m. One loud blast heard. 11 after 1 p.m. One pop sound heard. 1.16 p.m. One loud sound heard. 5.13 p.m., one loud sound heard. 6.58 p.m., still the same day, the 18th of June, 2023, one noise heard. 6.59 p.m., loud were the noises, five of them, then three noises, then two, all at once. Now I wonder and I thought to myself, yes, this is myself writing these down. I thought to myself, it could have been that car, which does have that odd horn, which sounds like bullets and it's so annoying, but could it have been? I don't know. I can't confirm. It is truly stressing because soon thereafter, these sounds, which were loud, and that's why I think it could not have been just that car because they were so close together. A car drove off and see the distance of the sound varied. Not in the direction that the car typically drove off. Unknown to myself are these variables because I was not in the presence of the situation. I only still had the sound in my mind. This person often laughs when I do see him drive off as he honks his horn. He thinks it's funny. Because of the closeness of some of these sounds, I know it isn't always him. 7 o'clock p.m., two noises heard. 7.03 p.m., one noise heard. 8 20 p.m., two loud noises heard. 8.55 p.m., one loud noise heard. 8.59 p.m., one, the loudest noises heard. And by now, it is not simply the half a mile away from the location of where I have been listening to these sounds. It is now seemingly two to three miles away. Also at 8.59, a large cluster of fireworks is heard, which have a resonance and a scatter pattern. Also, I know that this is one of those large fireworks because I hear the sizzle. I hear the 
the lust of the fireworks and the sound that senses the and the scatter pattern of the fireworks is heard. And sometimes these pieces have landed in the backyard and I find them the next day. It is one of the scariest moments because I don't go outside anymore during these moments to see where is it coming from exactly. I can now pinpoint most closely their location by the sound, primarily because of the wind. And you can see by the fact that they are minute to minute, sometimes even within the same minute, I wonder why is this being allowed inside the city limits in such a cavalier way. Having said that, 9.02 p.m., one large noise heard. 9.05 p.m., one large noise heard. 9.09 p.m., one large noise heard. 9.10 p.m., one loud noise heard. I know I say large, but I mean loud. 9.11 p.m. when loud noise heard. And nine sixteen p.m. one loud noise heard. Nine seventeen p.m. two noises heard. 9.27 p.m., one noise heard. 9.30 p.m., one loud noise heard. 9.34 p.m., one noise heard. 9.50 p.m., two loud noises heard. 10.50 p.m. Oh, excuse me. 9.50 p.m. Two loud noises heard. 10 p.m. One loud noise heard. 10.10 10 p.m. One loud cluster of fireworks with the distance thereof of approximately five to 10 miles of distance. As such, it was not the loudness, rather the distance, which told me it had been at a specific location. But I wondered why was it occurring after the noise abatement rule? And after 10 o'clock, before 11 o'clock, one loud noise heard, and another loud noise heard, and at 10.48 p.m., multiple noises. This 
was all in the day of the 18th of June. You can see by what I have given you a window of what people go through who live in surrounding areas of park spaces. There is a deep concern as to the fragility of the existence of these spaces, which people think, oh, no one's going to notice if a little firework is popped off here or popped off there. Well, people do notice. People do. And yes, they will say how wrong it is because it is dangerous. And so one of these days that I noted here, I decided to write a letter to the mayor. It was so disconcerting that it is quite dangerous that people take it upon themselves to send off these little messages of particulate matter into the atmosphere without regard either for the climate or for people in the surrounding neighborhoods, particularly considering how dangerous it can be and also for the breathing capacity of everyone around, not to mention the cleanliness of the neighborhood, because what goes up must come down, and the neighborhoods become very dirty with all of the particulate matter that comes back to the ground, not only on the rooftops, but on the streets. So let's be realistic, and I say to you kindly, my dear listeners, do not pop off your fireworks, your firecrackers, your little poppy pops without understanding that during the 4th of July celebrations, safe and sane means safe and sane. Keeping everybody sane is actually a community responsibility. So no one has put anyone on a PTSS protocol as so far as anyone has written anything out there. Nothing has been understood in this country that it is acceptable to give anyone post-traumatic stress syndrome because they feel like it. It is not easy to live with, and nor should anyone just give themselves carte blanche to go around exploding ordinances into the air and ruining the climate, atmosphere. The earth is already warm enough. Let's not share any emotional frustrations with the rest of society without a proper guidance of therapists. Should you need to speak to someone, speak to someone who is appropriate for your needs. There are proper people who can help you if you need to pop off your emotions regarding your post-traumatic stress syndrome or your post-traumatic stress disorders. And in fact, there are therapists 
these that are available to those who are eligible for the therapies. For it actually has been proven that veterans who have served in the Veterans Administration are not the only people who suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder and or post-traumatic stress syndrome. So let's not embark on an uncomfortable conversation out in the outer ethos of ignorance. Let's rather have these conversations with professionals. Because what is clear is that if people pop off their fireworks in public parks, county parks, national parks, they are only creating a detriment to themselves and to the surrounding environment, as opposed to if they have their frustrations let out with the appropriate professionals, be they their military therapists, or their private therapists, or their public county appointed therapists, well then, so be it. But if you can't afford one, one will be appointed to you, is what is often said in certain circles. So do please seek appropriate help and don't harm people in the process. Because if you are angry about something because you have PTSD or PTSS and you go around saying that that is the reason you are angry, there are plenty of people who don't have PTSD or PTSS that still actually go around harming people and harming themselves, sadly. That ignore all the guidelines, ignore all the rules, and don't have access to said therapies, said therapists, and said medications. And sadly, they don't fall in any of the protocols. And as a result, we find ourselves as a society not really knowing what to do because, you know, in the state of California, what we tried was something quite avant-garde, something called healthcare for all. And it tried its best to give healthcare for all, in the state of California, but we had some people who really tried to take advantage of our programs. And it has been a bit of a difficult go about for some, and for others, it has been extremely successful. And I dare say, despite the fact that there have been so many successes, it is the failures that have begun to be highlighted by a rude few. And because of that, it is those beautiful programs that have begun to be dismantled. And sadly, there are too many that don't see the advantages to 
the beautiful healthcare programs that California has to offer and has continued to offer for millions. For decades, and more than decades actually, there's something about having a nugget in one's heart that is far more endearing than to show the nugget in one's hand for the world to covet. And there's a beauty about existing with that in mind as opposed to standing on a soapbox and yelling and throwing and screaming in a way that one has to be heard as opposed to delighting in the existence of existing within the parameters of what it means to be in this multiverse. And you see, when I speak of the Digital Electronic World Point Report, it is the very innovation that reminds us that we are here, though we are there, and it is because we are everywhere during this duality that we do know that we will always be ever-present. So let's think about that for a moment and why it is ever truly essential that we not destroy the trueness of what our future is because we do need to be healthy, not destructive to our humanity. Because we must be here for the future as much as we have been here for the present and the past. Thanks for listening. In the next segment, I'll talk a little bit more about what it meant to have listened to those brief statistics and what it means to present that briefly to elected officials and then understand where that kind of presentation goes. After this. And welcome back to the last segment in this episode of the Unheard, Untold Park Stories, which focuses on why one should really understand the importance of manners when going to parks in neighborhoods where one does not live. And also, of course, especially when visiting national parks and other locations that one does not normally go to on an everyday. Because after all, if you're only there for a short period of time, you use the location for your pleasure and enjoyment, and then you leave. But there are people who live there on a daily basis in the surrounding neighborhoods that truly do understand the importance of the upkeep, the daily upkeep. And they don't want to be left with extra responsibility that is unknown, particularly when people don't realize that 
if the rules are not followed, because in some locations there are very specific rules, such as no food on site, such as if it isn't a dog park, there shouldn't be dogs allowed, or pets, of course, because dogs are not the only pets that people keep these days, after all. But that is why there are pet parks, which are specific for pets. And, of course, if it is a pet park, a dog park, knowing that they must be kept on leash and putting the doo-doo in the appropriate baggie and then discarding accordingly. But that's for that particular type of park. If it is another location, knowing what the rules are, and they are always clearly posted. I, in the previous segment, did give a few data points of why it can be a little disconcerting for some neighborhood members when people go a little bit out of bounds and sometimes extremely out of bounds in terms of noise abatement rules. Some towns, cities, municipalities, jurisdictions have very clear noise abatement laws which state that noise is not allowed beyond a certain hour. But even beyond that, there are certain noises that are not allowed, period. And during certain holidays, there are certain situations which are permissible, but only on a very specific day. Now, if you had listened to the previous segment, you would have understood that some of the noises that had been noticed, because the person... I, self, had noticed that there were some notable noises that were clearly fireworks and unauthorized fireworks. And those are not actually sanctioned. The ones that would be sanctioned if there were sanctioned fireworks in the particular jurisdiction of note, there would be only on one particular day. Because not all cities, towns, municipalities, jurisdictions allow fireworks in present day because of the potentiality of what happens when they get a little bit out of hand. And of course, because of climate situations, what they do to the atmosphere and the particulate matter that falls to the ground, and also what happens to a person's breathing capacity as a result of the thickness in the air. But having said that, if one were really concerned about statistics, there are plenty out there as to what happens to the air. In a moment, you'll hear me talk about what happens when one begins to be heard, when there is a concern amongst neighborhood people. Recently, there was such a noise that compiled itself truly an amalgamation of all of these monstrosities of noises that it forced me to create a communication that I sent to our city mayor and because of the title of this episode, The Unheard Untold 
Park stories, it really had me thinking of the fact that they are loud, they are bright, yet they are not brilliant thinkers, are they? Why, you might ask, because they quickly fizzle out. Yes, you have realized I am referring to fireworks. The brilliance that the eye sees in fireworks is short-lived, and it is so short-lived that, unfortunately, the after-effects to the body are long-standing. And tragic to some, especially those that live with lung cancer and those that have asthma and other diseases of the lungs, because breathing becomes restricted, constricted, and it is not an easy situation. Not to mention what happens with the earth because of the after effect of such short-lived brilliance, one must really think about why we should protect our mind a little more than just wanting that minute pleasure of seeing the colorful plethora of bright, shiny patterns in the sky. But somehow we are drawn to that drama. The dramaticus in our brain says it's beautiful. Yes, we know that. But why don't we just want to open a book and look at the pictures? Or even go to the internet and find some celebration from years past? Well... There's something in the psyche that draws us near to a festivity. But we really must think beyond our short-lived pleasures. Because the earth cannot withstand, and neither can the body. The body politique is one, but the body community is the other. What one says, oh, it's nothing, it's just one firework. And the other says, it's nothing, it's just 20. And the other says, it's nothing, it's just 200. And then the other says, it was nothing, it was just 2,000. And you can see that before one knows it, an entire globality has taken over. This, what one thought was a singular sense of pleasure over the kaleidoscope of thought. No, no, because the body community cannot take over this fireworks celebration. But suffice to say that this one day when I decided to write this communication, it was not heard in the equal resonance of what these fireworks do to people, because it was too late. And I will explain why in a moment. First, I will read it to you, my dear listeners. This was written and sent via electronic mail on June 18th, 2023. Dear Mayor,
I implore you to please consider there be a ban on the sale this year, 2023, of safe and sane fireworks for the 4th of July holiday. As Grand Marshal of the 4th of July Parade in 2013, I know the importance of such traditions. Yet I also realize over the years, climactic changes have drastically changed the atmospheric landscape. Not to mention, sometimes people that are not from this area arrive in Watsonville for the holiday weekend with fireworks that are not of the safe and sane booster booth with place our which place our neighborhoods at risk i recognize the sports boosters and many philanthropic organizations are well founded yet this much is also known. We must think well beyond the philanthropic organizations and consider the following. Much of this callous and carefree approach behavior is a reflection of people not respecting their surroundings. For example, between June 17th and 18th, 2023, there were 60 notable firecracker fireworks pop-pops within the city limits, mostly centered in District 6. Any number of these could have begun a fire. Please consider a sanctioned event at the fairgrounds with professionals who can manage the pyrotechnics. According to www.earth.org, the atmospheric concentration of carbon monoxide increased by 32%, yes, 32% after an Independence Day parade in downtown Minneapolis. I enjoy breathing the fresh air of the Central Coast. Thus, I believe it should remain as a choice for people to go to places that have professional firework displays, as opposed to the scorched earth idea that is forced on the entire city on holidays such as the 4th of July, where the city becomes thick with particulate matter, eyes water, ears ring in pain, Throats swell in reaction to the bronchial spasms, and the next week the streets are littered with polymer residue, shredded paper, and lawns take weeks to heal from the smoldering effects of people who stop on the side of the road and set their fireworks from the trunks of their cars. Thank you in advance for your attention to this request. Regards, Margarita Carrillo of the Dewpoint Report. And then I put my phone number so that they could call me. Unfortunately, neither the mayor nor the city clerk had a response or a comment. And 
also additionally unfortunately, I was too late. I was too late because at this point the booths are already available and on the municipality grounds such that the safe and sane fireworks are already arriving to begin sales. And so, no, I will not actually be requesting further attention to this matter because I see that they would not have been able to stop the situation from moving forward. People have already begun their attentions on celebrations for the 4th of July and then some. And so there's nothing that I could do as a neighborhood participant, but such that would I have dedicated this episode is that what one can do is be heard. Because a park is not just a park where people show up, enjoy the moment, leave their enjoyment, and if they so wish, be a disaster. Don't ever be a disaster because you leave that behind. Be the enjoyment for the sports activity or the happy moment of an engagement party or a post-wedding celebration or an afternoon family gathering. But do not turn it into your violent morning that spreads into the neighboring streets. Because what you do is leave the shadows of darkness behind in places that you never thought you would stay for generations more. You see, whether you understood in the previous segment or not, what I was referring to as post-traumatic stress syndrome or post-traumatic stress disorder, you will soon enough because what people do not always realize is the stressors that winning and losing creates on the field when a coach is yelling out a call or a player is screaming out in pain because they are injured and the parent realizes they are going to have to seek medical attention for their loved one and they screech at the coach and they somehow take it out on the coach instead of the situation being just what happened happened because of the nature of the game not everyone has the maturity of what is required to play on the field. But what happens is a desensitization of emotions. If one didn't have post-traumatic stress disorder to begin with, they certainly begin to get it over the years. And not every neighborhood has that 
yelling and screaming that begins at seven o'clock in the morning and ends well past ten o'clock. Some neighborhoods are quite quiet. So do you realize that though the sports world is for many, not everyone is accustomed to hearing the screaming, the yelling, the cheering, the boasting, the charging around with one's dramatics about who won, who lost, and the goading around about who's going to win the next one. Because after all, if one wanted to tune into it, there are plenty of channels to do that. But to have it in live and in person, in front of one's yard, is quite a spectacle let alone to have it end and begin and have the halftime include fireworks is a bit overwhelming, if not exaggerated, for neighborhoods throughout the country. Because I don't think I speak for just my neighborhood. I believe that people should consider their decibel volume because one is their voice, second is their vuvuzela, and third is their whistle. And when the three are combined and added to each family that brings their emotions to the game, that is quite a volume of sensation to enthusiasm. And I am not one to say that there shouldn't be enthusiasm because I grew up going to watch soccer games on Sundays after church. And so there we were at these large fields of soccer where the adults played and we cheered on. But these were huge places with no houses around for miles. And I find it interesting that it doesn't even have to be miles now for there to be a soccer game right next to a very close community of homes. Yet the volume of cheering is not extemporaneous. It is quite planned. With the booster families, whose enthusiasm I understand. I have been known to give a cheer or two once in a while. But they don't hear me. Yet, what I caveat is the following. Do know there's a difference between a cheer and a vuvuzela plus the cheer and a whistle plus the vuvuzela and a cheer, 
and a whistle plus the vuvuzela plus a cheer plus the fireworks. And that's why you must know the rules before you are at a park. And that's just the example for the games. Let alone a simple family gathering to say, Hey, cousin, how are you? Just thought we'd all get together on a Sunday afternoon at this fantastic park. And that's what it means to be heard. Sometimes the elected officials respond expeditiously. Sometimes they are just too busy with other constituent issues that are hot on their agenda. But it is important, nonetheless, to have communicated. And so don't hesitate to put together communique, such as I did via electronic mail, through the official city website. And that way it gets to their inbox. And then making sure that it gets entered into the record at the appropriate city council meeting. But don't think it's then that it needs to get sticky and frustrating and angry because you don't want to be an angry neighborhood participant, you certainly want to be part of the events that the city welcomes, but know that they should be aware of what is happening, because although many of the events are pleasant, appropriate, and considerate, it is when the ones that get out of hand are not the ones that the city council members or the mayor become aware of, that others think, oh, well, then everybody else can do that, that things become normalized as that's just the way it's always been. And that concludes this segment and episode because what you have just heard me say is responsible neighboring is just as as just as important as responsible leadership because if all you do is hear something that seems oh no that was wrong and you disregard it then you have just as much participated in all that wrongness as everybody who did the wrong. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. This was your hostess, Margarita, with the Digital Electronic World Point Report.